Welcome back to The Original Doll. I'm your host, James Rodriguez. On The Original Doll, I unpackage pop moments with the people who were there. We go from music, television, and movies. And at the same time, we give back to charity. For more information, join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. And as with every episode of The Original Doll, any audio recording ripping stealing is strictly prohibited in every country in the world. So if you see anything leaked, please report it to the webmaster. Big shout out to my Patreon patrons. Thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to join my community, go to theoriginaldoll.com. Today, we return with Doug Buden. Prior to the release of the first episode, Doug Buden was cast in a guest-starring role on The Goldbergs. I asked him questions about what it was like to be working during the pandemic, and here's what he had to say. So for this particular role, now I, as it turns out, I know the casting director. I've auditioned for The Goldbergs several times, and they rarely have anything for me. Um, it's just one of those shows. There are certain shows that don't hire certain character types. Um, for this particular one, it was, uh, it came down to them, the casting director knowing me and what I could bring. She showed my material to the producers. They were like, oh, perfect. Um, and they offered me the role. So, you know, sometimes, you know, when, we, especially with television, a lot of things are last minute. You know, I think we, we must have covered last time how the script changes so greatly every single day. So if they're slated to shoot a scene tomorrow and the script comes out and there's a new character, they, you know, the casting, the onus is on the casting director to get the part cast quickly. Um, so I was very lucky that they knew me, the network knew me, so I was approved and I was able to go right to work. And in this instance, it wasn't even that I had to report to set the next day, but because of the new COVID regulations, my union requires, and I guess the uh, uh, un- the uh, Teamsters unions require, you know, everyone gets tested every three business days. So I had to get tested the next day. In fact, my manager and my agents were emailing back and forth and and my manager was like, listen, we need to close this deal now because they have to schedule Doug for a COVID test tomorrow morning. So the whole thing happened very quickly. I had not seen a script. I had not seen anything. And I had to run over to Sony. I got my COVID test and then I got home. And then by the time I got home, and I know we talked about this, the only email I had that I knew I had the job was from Wardrobe asking me for my sizes. Now, I'm going to show you, I, you know, I play a, a movie, Ticket Taker. It's a very teeny scene, has a couple of jokes. And it's one of these parts, it could disappear. You never know if it'll mm-hmm. make it in the final edit. And, do, and you, uh, do you find out, and sorry to interrupt, do you find out at that point when it's going to air? No, I mean, the only, what you find out when you look at your script is what episode number it is. So I'm episode number eight. Um, historically, though, you know, they don't always air them in sequential order. 
uh, sometimes if there's a particularly strong episode or if there's a particularly weak episode, they may take them out of order. They have to really jigger, make sure like no plot points are gained or lost, but they do certainly move things around every now and then. Um, and so uh, they were actually shooting episode seven, but the episode that I'm in uses one of the same locations, that movie theater. So that's why they had me come in uh-huh. for that one day while they were shooting episode seven, just to get that footage in. Now they didn't need it while they were shooting episode eight, which was last week. Is that normal to ultimately film two different episodes? I think they, they love it when, when they can take advantage of that. I'm trying to think of the name. There is a term, like when you look at these um, TV series that are shot with a live audience or like mom or like any of these where, you know, it is that long stage and the cameras move from one, you know, one family home to the house, to the store, whatever. At the very end, there's always an area for whatever sort of temporary store or classroom or whatever. And they decorate it just for that one episode. In this instance, it was an outdoor location. So this way they were able to shoot the scene that's in episode seven and my scene, which is in episode eight, because they, they had that location already lit, was already ready to go. And it just saves them a tremendous amount of time having to redo it just for that one scene, you know, the following week. And so when you show up for like wardrobe and everything, is it a different experience where you're wearing your mask, they're wearing their mask? Are they like, yeah, is so it separate? Is it different than before? I assume. So here's, here's what happens. So, uh, you know, it was one day of work. Um, you get a, like a booklet via email of the new COVID regulations. There's a lot of warnings and what to do, what not to do. You know, the net net is like, stay in your trailer and <laughs> don't touch anything. Um, so I got to set, uh, my temperature was taken. I did not have to get a second COVID test because I had just had one um, from at Sony. Um, so I looked for the second AD, that's who I check in with. Um, he was all suited up and he showed me to my trailer. In my trailer were two N95 masks and he said, please, use these masks as opposed to the mask that you came wearing. So I did that. He said, wardrobe will be over soon. Um, And then I had to go through hair and makeup. Now, unlike every other, you know, normal day, because of COVID, there can only be one person in the hair and makeup trailer at a time. So everything just takes a little bit longer. So he said, there's somebody in makeup now. When they come out, it'll be sterilized. Then you can go in. Um, so I just had to hang out my trailer. Uh, wardrobe came by. Um, we did a fitting. It was everything fit because they'd already had my sizes. And then we did hair and makeup. Uh, went back to my trailer and you still have to wear your mask. And the hair and makeup people are also wearing like, you know, hazmat suits. I mean, they are wearing a mask and a shield and gloves. The makeup has to be cleaned in between each person. Just it's a sort of laborious process. I talked with them about it you know i said wow how you know how is it going and she said well listen we're in episode seven we haven't had a single problem yet so you know they're the only show i think on the sony lot that's back in production so they're taking extreme uh caution and it seems to be paying off you know it's it's not that they complain they were like it's 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 definitely a chore it's definitely makes everything more difficult but they're really really happy to be working um then it came time to drive me to the set. Normally, you know, there's a van or a golf cart and everybody piles in and you get taken to set. 
Um, Everybody like is it like the crew and cast? Maybe no, just the just the cast, the cast, um, whoever the guest people are or the regulars. Because usually you have your home base, which is all the trailers, and then you have the set wherever you're shooting. Um, because this wasn't on the stage, they were far away from each other. So um, with the COVID regulations, there's only one person in a van at a time. So that just takes a little bit longer to shuttle people back and forth. And you're warned to bring whatever you need with you to set because once you leave your trailer, nobody can go in your trailer until it gets sterilized again, which is obviously a super lengthy process. So things like, you know, I, I had to do my contract. There was a pen. They said, put the pen here and put your contract here. Like, you know, they, they really have thought everything through. And then I get to set and uh, uh, the sound guy comes over to me. And now this is, again, you don't normally think about this, but when you get mic'd or you get wired for sound, I mean, it's a very um, intimate oh, experience. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, they're, yeah, they're running wires down your shirt and in your pants, if you're lucky. Um, and so, you know, like I was like, you start just thinking about all the, the places where you do come into incredibly close contact with people that now you're, you're just hyper aware of it. So I got mic'd up um, and, you know, there was craft service. I was so pissed off because I got to tell you, my favorite thing to do is to go over that craft service table and just like grab a cup, fill it to about two inches room with M&Ms and then just take, I don't know, a couple of pieces of popcorn and hide all my M&Ms and make it look like I'm just eating some popcorn. And then I go back to my trailer and eat it all. You can't do it now because it's a truck and you have to point to what you want and they give it to you. So I skipped crafts. Oh no, I got a Diet Coke. Um, And then uh, right before you shoot, so then you, like every other job, this was the same. You just sit and wait, you know, it's always hurry up and wait. when we finally were ready to light up my shot, uh, the makeup and hair people do what's called last looks, which is, you know, they, they make any adjustments, obviously because making TV is such a lengthy process. It had now been, you know, five hours since I had been sitting in makeup. So they do the touch up. And at that point, you can't wear your, that N95 mask because um, it would screw up your face and you can't wear a regular face shield because it would screw up your hair. So they give you these handheld, um, clear face shields which for for somebody my age i was like oh are we about to do dangerous liaison are we powdering my wig of course nobody knew what the hell i was talking about so i said oh it's like we're gonna get aquanet and then that one they understood Um, know your audience yeah exactly know the room so we we did it everybody was unbelievably friendly uh what was really interesting to watch is all of the extras and all the background actors um, have to wear masks and you know they have them very carefully spaced and so everybody's set to go and when they yell rolling somebody else yells PPE down and everybody takes off their masks they shoot the scene and the second they yell cut PPP on and so everybody puts their you know PPE back on and so it was very interesting like just adding that layer um, but I felt very comfortable. As I said, the big thing for me was just being sort of hyper aware of how, how close when you are working, you do come with every, with like the prop people who came to put my name tag on and all of those little intersections that you would normally never even think about. I will say, you know, this was the only job I've had since, since COVID started. 
they made me feel extremely comfortable and also extremely confident. You know, they've got this down. As I said, they've been doing this now for seven episodes already. I trusted them. There is a COVID person um, on set making sure that all the regulations are, you know, met. Um, so it was, it was interesting and, and um, it was cool to see and be a part of, but I was also confident. I was like, I, I was nervous that I was going to have, like, I was going to be in my head, like, oh my God, is somebody breathing still, on me? Yep, you're still a performer. You're still a human being. So in your mind, yeah. you're like, this, did I do that? Or maybe you're even paying more attention to like, did spit particles just fly this way? You know, oh, it's, I to- it's, of course I thought about that. But you're watching the words you say, but I was I was wondering then for you, do you think that there's going to be a change, especially now because there is no real treatment or anything for for COVID? Do you think that that's going to play a part in how scripts are written, where they're not going to utilize a large cast as much as they used to? Yeah, we. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about that. In fact, there were a lot of conversations about like writing material that limits the amount of background actors. Um, writing material that either takes advantage of, of working out of doors or just more intimate scenes. I know in some soaps, they're using like actors' boyfriends or girlfriends for kissing scenes. Um, I also, I recently auditioned for an NBC show, which is, I think it already started airing, but it's like, it takes, it's during the pandemic and everybody oh, is sort of like doing it from home. Kind of Thing. Exactly. I had an audition for, I forget what it was called, but I had an audition for a role on that show where everybody is shooting from their homes. Um, the, the real, you know, and something like the Goldbergs, which takes place in the 80s, it's obviously a no brainer. They can't take COVID into consideration. A lot of my friends and I are curious with everything that's going to be coming out, like, are they writing with, the, with COVID in existence? You know, I was just saw um, like Great British Bake Off, you know, which reality show, but they quarantined, you know, for six weeks and they were able to have this perfect bubble where they didn't have to have masks. Last night, to distract myself um, from the, watching the election, I started watching the Food Network, I think it's like the Holiday Challenge or whatever, also reality competition. But in the opening credits, we see everybody going to set in California and they're all wearing masks. And so it's like, they are taking COVID into consideration. With, with scripted material, I really don't know. I mean, the, 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 I've had, I just auditioned for a film and I couldn't tell from the audition material whether or not it's gonna be in like a COVID world or a non-COVID world. And so I just, I do think obviously writers, this is what's going on and writers have to write material um, they can't just keep unearthing stuff they shot 25 years ago and never plan to release because they need material and there's content. Also, and there's also that added budget because now you have a COVID specialist. Now you have all this, oh, yeah. the budget is going into keeping people protected, which is great, oh, yeah. but that's also a cost. That is it's a huge cost. cost. I, I have a friend at Amazon um, in Scripted and, and he told me that the, the budgets blew up once they got all the COVID regulations. In fact, you know, I had to get paid um, I certainly don't begrudge it, but they had to pay me to go that extra day just to get my COVID test. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I mean, like, good for normally, that, like it's because it's taking time out of your day when you can exactly. realize and doing something else. It is respecting the time of the talent. 
because yeah. it's not just like go do this to make sure you're fine for us it's like well that person they're paying whether it's gas whatever you know what i mean whatever it is to get there um i watched i never really watched blackish before and i started watching it everyone's like you should watch it and then i saw this the the premiere episode where it's right in covid right away it's that way just like um uh the connors right away boom it's, mm -hmm. it's in that that scene so i wondered a, a situation like this where it's goldberg's or you know mrs mazel where these you can't talk about those things no. because that hasn't happened yet exactly for you do you see as, as an actor do you see hope in the near six months year to where you as a performer are going to feel not safe because you said you felt safe but where it's going to be more of the and i hate using the word normal but no, more normal it's like okay I'm yeah close you're separate from the group until this point and doing that. Like, when do you think that's gonna be normalized, if that makes sense? I really don't know. I, I my biggest, um, not concern, but my, my re the real bummer is the theater, live theater. Like, I don't even see how live theater is, is gonna work. So, and you know, that is my, my background, my roots are in the theater. And so it, it, that is the most painful thing. But in terms of on camera work, I think that more and more stuff is coming online, more and more people are sort of getting, figuring out how this works. And I, I just think this will be the norm sort of until it's not. I mean, it's like, it's always about money, right? It's television and film is where art meets commerce. And, you know, the, the, the commerce they need to lean on the commerce in order to make the art i think that the minute they don't have to do certain things they obviously won't because all these things do cost so much more money to do but in order to create that content you have to be safe and you know if you think about it if one person on that set gets sick they have to shut down you know a few shows were shut down um for some length of time, and then you really get screwed. But I, I, I spoke with casting and they said like, you know, a couple of series regulars have left other shows, in fact. And so now when they cast a, a performer, they have to have a backup in case the performer ends up getting testing positive because it's there's so much at stake with this. I, I think that everybody just has to be as careful as they can be. You know, like the makeup lady was saying, be super thankful that there is any work and the minute we can go back to or relax or whatever those things are, we will. Until then, um, you got to be safe. And, and I just, I love that it wasn't, for, for me, just jumping in, it didn't like freak me out. I, th I really thought I was going to be freaked out. But they are very patient. You know, these are all professional people. They get it. And, and they know that they need to abide by those rules ex exactly. their job as well. And, exactly. and I think, and I read, it was an article, I think, through Forbes, where it talked about, I believe the show is called Flight Attendant. It's the new Kaylee Cuoco show. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Where um, they were the first show to go back, or to, to go into production. Yeah. And they knocked out all those episodes without having any issues. And some of the showrunners and everyone were like, we were just excited to make it, usually you're like, oh, budget is going to cut off this or they're like right. we were just trying to get to the last episode so we didn't have to stop everything right right um, and, and it's it's just a different situation and i wondered for you specifically and you answered which was thankful is going into comedic role how do you take the weight of the world on your head knowing that you're going into a separate space and there's covid so when you said they made you feel good about it i think that that's 
I think that's the importance. And I think maybe some people listening right now wouldn't realize like props, they're the ones that are in charge of those things. Like you can't just pick up that thing that falls down. Like oh, there's, no, no, no. Guild, there's people, there's a union that does that. And it's difficult because you want to be like, well, I put my thumb on, I'm sorry. You know right. what I mean? No, in fact, every time the, um, the, the, the actor would give me money and I have to give him the movie ticket, you know, it has to get replaced each, each take. And, you know, it would be very easy for the actor to just give me the money and for me to like, but no, the, the way it's done is there is a crew and the crew, I just put, I put it down and I lift my hands and then the crew takes care of it. And it's because everybody has a job and, and, you know, I don't want to take somebody else's job. And, and then if I do it wrong, then I'm responsible. So, you know, it's like, I, it, it is true. It's like, we all want to be helpful and like, oh, let me hold that umbrella for you or let me pick up that light. And the more you work, the more you know, it's not about when you don't help and do that. It's not that you're being lazy. It's that you're respecting that there is somebody whose job it is to take care of that and let them worry about that. You worry about just delivering your performance and not thinking about all the other things that, go into making it. And I had one one last question for you, and it actually kind of goes back to the whole the Britney Spears guest star sort of thing. Yeah. I, I wonder, because you always hear about, like, people get paid scale, this and that. When you have, you know, an, uh, like a, a Madonna or a Britney or a Beyonce that goes on a, a, a show, I mean, do they get paid that exorbitant amount, or is it because they're Screen Actors Guild? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm sure they have a rate, um, but you know, Screen Actors Guild has that minimum, which is a you know this is what we call scale. That's the the minimum. Um, you know, I'm I I don't work at scale. I have a quote, and so I'm sure that you know Britney Spears has a quote and all, those kinds of things. That said, it's not going to be ridiculous amounts of money. Many many television shows will say we don't break scale, meaning this is what they pay, or sorry, they don't break top of show. Top of show is the, the most money you can make in our union. And a lot of shows won't do it. You know, I think, I think Modern Family said they don't break top of show. And it's like, if, if the actor doesn't want to do it for what our union says, then the actor won't do it. You know, when you have a good show that people want to work on, they'll work for scale. You know, it's like, so when, when Madonna did Will and Grace, she probably didn't make, you know, this, the same kind of money that the act that the regulars were making. She probably made what a guest actor makes because she wanted to do the job. You know, she that, wanted to work on that show. Well, and that was something where a lot of people, especially Madonna fans, when she did like Speed the Plow, Mammoth, like when she was, you know, on Broadway, um, where everyone's like, oh, she must have been getting paid tens of thousands. And it's like, a theater's only making so much money, period. Yeah. Like Madonna was, it, and I believe it was Kevin Spacey that said like, he does these, or he would do these movies so that he could do his love of the theater. Mm -hmm. These shows so that you can do like the live performance. But I, I, I do want to say that like, um, was it Bette Midler? Who, yeah, was, who was just on Broadway two years ago? I think it was Bette Midler. Did she go into Dolly? I can't up. remember now. She's making a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, purportedly. Um, it's, it, it's not like TV money at all. But, you know, the, the Broadway minimum, I think the Broadway minimum is 2100 or 2400 per week, I think. I'm, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've gotten paid to work on the stage. Um, but, you know, actors, celebrities definitely make good money when they do theater on Broadway, but it's nothing like the TV money. And, you know, they, the producers will give them a piece of the gross and the whatever. Um, 
but I, I just have heard like uh, in reading, you know, on the, on the Google machine that, you know, a lot of the celebrities do make really, really good money. It's also very different doing eight shows a week than it is, you know, working, um, on a, on a half hour sitcom. It's just a different life, but the, there is good money if you can make it on Broadway, off Broadway, off, off, and even off Broadway, because that's our other union, Actors' Equity handles me for, you know, it's the, the union I'm in for stage. But um, when you get into non-union theater, then you never know what people are going to make. All right. Exactly. Thank you so much. All right. Stay Bye. in touch. Bye. <laughs> Once again, a big thank you to Doug Buden for joining us on The Original Doll. And if you're a fan of music, check out my interviews with music producer, songwriters, more who work with Britney Spears, Kylie Minogue, Rihanna, Lady Gaga, Cindy Lauper, and more. And join me on Instagram, the.original.doll. My name is James Rodriguez. I'll see you on the flip side.